Hi there, I'm James Dapache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. So we've got some lottery winners. The pool is about $40 million, and the way the tickets were purchased was as part of a syndicate. And the members of the syndicate were largely fellow employees at a factory who pooled their money, gave it to the person organising the syndicate. The person organising the syndicate went and bought the lottery tickets and uh, had a wonderful stroke of luck and ended up winning the great big giant jackpot. Now, what happened is that someone left out of that particular syndicate, but that who were members of other syndicates set up in that workplace, uh, commenced proceedings uh, seeking essentially some of those funds, some of the winnings um, that arose from that other syndicate, if we put it that way. Now, the short version is uh, that claim failed, that plaintiff was unsuccessful in trying to carve out some of those winnings, and um, subsequently unsuccessful on appeal. That's another discussion for another day. What I was hoping to chat to you guys about quickly today was costs, that exciting subject. Now, what usually happens in litigation is uh, costs follow the event. So if someone succeeds in claiming some money, for example, from someone else, then what often happens is the court says, well, not only do you get that money that you claimed, you also get an order that the losing party pays your costs. And that order is for costs on what might be thought of as the, or might be described as the ordinary basis, which is costs that the court would consider reasonable. And we don't like putting percentages on these things, but sometimes we do, and sometimes the percentages are something like 60%, 70%, but that's another discussion for another day. Uh, now, there's another type of cost called indemnity costs, and indemnity costs try to be what they sound like. They try to indemnify the party who's paid her, his, its, their lawyers for all the amounts they've paid, or, or, or reasonably close to all the amounts they've paid. And so often uh, in litigation, particularly commercial litigation, you'll see disputes about, oh, should the cost order I got, should it be an ordinary cost order, just a normal, and I'm not gonna repeat those numbers that you heard them before, or should it be this more generous indemnity cost order? So one of the arguments that are made in support of an indemnity cost order are that an offer was made, uh, and the offer can be made pursuant to a decision. Sorry, guys, it's a silly, a silly, a silly project I'm doing for I don't work. Hear about a cost order? No, I, I, hope, I, hope, I hope you didn't have one made against you at any time. Hopefully not. Sorry to do it to you. And so there we are. We're we're ruining people's breakfast with apology, um, and we're chit-chatting about cost orders. So there's an English decision called Calderbank and Calderbank, where, in essence. Um, we've got uh, parties, one of them rejected an offer, that rejection was found to be unreasonable and so uh, from the date that offer was made, uh, an order for indemnity costs, costs on that more generous basis was made. Um, and there's a similar set of rules called uh, the Uniform Civil Procedure Rules where you can make an offer pursuant to the rules and if that offer is unreasonably rejected or unreasonably allowed to lapse, then there can be indemnity cost consequences from that. So in our matter, back to our lottery ticket syndicate matter, what happened was that a number of offers were exchanged. 
Now, our plaintiff, the person claiming the matter, firstly said, hey, look, I'll take 2.5 million. That offer was not accepted. The defendants who were defending the claim said, look, we'll offer 50,000. That was not accepted. Then the plaintiff responded with 1.6. That was not accepted. 300, that was not accepted. Uh, 1 million, that was not accepted. The matter didn't settle because it went ahead to litigation. Now, what the defendants said, the people who were in the winning syndicate who didn't want to um, share the proceeds with the person claiming it said was, um, because we made these offers and you would have got some money if, we, if you'd accepted them, you ended up getting zero money. So it was unreasonable for you to reject those offers. And so we should get indemnity costs from the time of them. Now, you might see the logic there, but what the court found was that each of those offers was derisory. It was essentially an offer to walk away um, because the amount of legal costs that the plaintiff had incurred then um, actually exceeded um, the, the uh, amount of the offers. And so the offers were essentially derisory. Go away, here's a tiny bit of money. But they weren't a real sort of genuine um, attempt at compromising. Uh, and so what the court found and what was not overturned on appeal was that uh, the basis of the orders, <laughs> so the nature of the orders, is that they would remain uh, ordinary costs orders. <laughs> um, so uh, what flows from that, I say, is that the simple mechanics of saying, well, I offered you a better offer than you ended up getting in final hearing, so I should get indemnity costs, that is a little bit oversimplistic and uh, lawyers and clients and everyone need to be a little bit cautious when they're reflecting on the operation of offers and the operation of indemnity costs uh, and all that sort of stuff. I hope you have a great day. I look forward to joining you again soon for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.